Hello, Dre. Hi, Peter. How you doing? All right. Just all right? Yeah. My all right's all right, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, but that must mean you're ready to go digging with Peter. As ready as I'll ever be. Okay, well, today we are talking about Tower of Power, specifically their 1975 album, In the Slot. Tell me what, if anything, you know about Tower of Power. Nothing, although I feel like I should know something, but I don't. Damn straight you should. (laughs) All right, so Tower of Power formed in Oakland in the late 60s. They are still a going concern. So more than 50 years on, they are still making music. Granted, there are two original members left which are uh, Emilio Castillo and Doc Kupka, who are both saxophone players and have been writing most of the material for this entire time. While the band itself is nominally focused around funk and soul and R&B, it's really a a horn-based outfit. It revolves around the horn section. They've got a rhythm section and a vocalist all around that, but that's all to complement the horn section. They recorded quite a lot of albums in through the 70s, starting with their first uh, album, more of an EP, but an album called East Bay Grease, which was released in 1970. It kind of had a, a lull through a good chunk of the 80s. I mean, they were still a going concern, but they were doing a lot more session work. Kind of sped up a little bit more in the 90s and are still going. They have gone through some periods where they did a lot more like quiet storm kind of stuff which isn't really my jam but i have those albums anyway because i love the band regardless and they still put on a really fantastic live show i can imagine professional totally professional musicians like they know exactly what they're doing and they've got everything down like clockwork they have gone through a crap ton of vocalists so on this particular album in the slot this is kind of like in the middle of what i what i consider to be like their best period golden years golden well i mean it's kind of early in relatively (laughs) speaking you know within the first decade of their existence but the vocalist for this particular album is hubert tubbs this is the only studio album he appeared with tower of power on there's a live album he you can also hear him on but this is the only studio album you hear him on as a band they have had a few charting albums If we're talking about this particular album, there were two singles, You're So Wonderful, So Marvelous, which charted on the R&B charts, and uh, Treat Me Like Your Man, which didn't chart, but still a good track. Both of those are kind of more soul-oriented. Long list of of, uh, musicians that have gone through there, long list of albums released, really, really long list of albums they've contributed to, backing band arrangers, producers, but they've, uh, they've kept busy for the last 50 years or so. What were your first impressions? That either I've heard these songs or songs very closely related or something that they're on because it sounded familiar, but I don't know if it's because it sounds like something I've heard or it's the actual songs that I've heard. I'm not sure. And mm-hmm. since I don't know enough about what I'm remembering i couldn't even look it up to see if that's what it was 
I can almost guarantee you, you have heard quite a lot of stuff that they've contributed to. Even if you haven't been consciously aware of hearing Tower of Power as a band on one of their own albums. Yeah. If, if you go something. to their website, they, they maintain an entire list of the albums and tracks that they've been a part of as like contributors or even sometimes as arrangers. And it's enormous. Sounds like some time spent. Why? Because they're the best. That's why. <laughs> Somebody has a bias. I have strong feelings. I first encountered Tower of Power probably when I was like 12 or 13, being a band nerd and hanging around other band nerds who had nerd. other band nerd kind of interests. Nerd. Always trading back and forth. You should listen to this. You should hear this. It, it got in rotation that way. And East Bay Grease was my, my first album. I don't remember when I first heard in the slot this album in particular, but it kind of slotted in right with everything else I was listening to. Just because it just sounds like something that I've heard. I just, I'm, listen, I'm notoriously guilty of listening to music and not even taking the time to say, who is that? Or what is that? I just go, man, that sounds nice and keep it moving. They might be in that list of insanely long music I've done that to because I was able to play it on repeat. And I was like, man, I should call my mom and ask her if she knows <laughs> any of these songs. Have you played any of these songs? Because it feels so familiar to me. But Lazy.com and Busy said, nah, I ain't do all that. Was there, was there anything in particular that kind of stood out on this album? I noticed for me, I preferred their songs that were upbeat mm -hmm. and also the ones with the background vocalists. But they were these nice little nice voices in the background. And you know, I'm a sucker for a good backup singer. Oh, totally. So those are the ones that did it for me. One thing I did notice is the songs that didn't like stick out to me didn't bother me. It was like a nice little break from me trying not to dance as I was listening to this music and doing other things at the same time. So it was like, okay, now I can focus. And so then another like, solo come on, and I'm like, doo, 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 doo. I'm like, wow, what was I doing before I started dancing? So, so even the lows for you on this album weren't really lows; they were just like breaks. Yeah, like it's time for me to catch my breath. <laughs> it's like a well, good concert. I mean, because you got like some really short tracks in there, like uh, "Fanfare Matanuska" is it's literally 16 seconds, and it's just a fanfare in between "As Surely as I Stand Here" and "On the Serious Side." And you have something like uh, Vuela por Noche, which is like a minute and a half, and it breaks up that uh, spot between You're So Wonderful, So Marvelous, and Essence of Innocence. Yeah, this album did move really nice to me. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes me want to see them live. Like, I really would like to see them live with all live musicians and dance singers and maybe like at a park or somewhere I could chill out and have some good food with some friends. Like, that's what this made me want to do. And of course, with Space to Dance. You're not, I mean, you, you cannot put this album on or listen to this band and just sit still. I would challenge anyone who said they could. Like, a whole range of stuff on this album. Some funk, some soul, some R&B. Almost all of it is good. There, there are one or two tracks that don't live up to my expectations. Which ones are those? Well, in okay, there's one track, and that's just because it comes across as very saccharine, and that's Which the soul of a child. How did I know? It's not a bad song if you're looking for like a <laughs> like a, a belting kind of soul ballad. 
yeah, it, it works in that ouvre. That one's not for me. Just about everything else on here is so strong, especially when you when you get to that last track, that drop it in the slot, and there's some heavy funk. This is the way every album in the world should end for all time. Well, maybe not quite, but you know, it feels like it in the moment. This starts off really strong and ends super strong. Got some nice, what's the word? Ebb and flow. (laughs) I like how like right smack in the middle, they got Ebony Jam. And I'm like, that's the one that I need to hear live. That one. Boom. Mm -hmm. I need that. I need all of those people in that band together playing it. Okay. So what's your favorite? I don't know. I have two. It's either just enough and too much or you're so wonderful, so marvelous. Those two kept making me stop. They made me sit down and actually go, okay, I need to listen to this and see what these songs are because those two keep popping out at me. So without those two songs, it's just like, yeah, this is good background music, but I'm, you know, you kind of do your usual put it on and just have it on. Well, I don't know, because Treat Me Like You Man is good. Surely as I stand here, it's good. Drop it in the slot's good. And the rest of them, I just, I like them. They're good. So if you went to a, if you went to a show and they just basically played this album start to finish, you wouldn't feel ripped off. Not at all. That's good. Thank you. Can you say anything bad about this at all? No, I can't. This got to you. I'm so proud of you. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited when this album got picked because I was like, first of all, I love this album. Even if it's not like my favorite Tower of Power album, I love this album. And I just had a good feeling that you'd also appreciate it. Is it in your top five of their albums that you've heard? What what do you mean that I've heard? I don't know (laughs) if you've heard them all or not. Yes. Yes, I have. The, (laughs) The only ones I don't own are ones that are like compilations that I already have everything from. But I definitely have all the studio albums. And I'm pretty sure I have all the live albums. I mean, you know, I can't fight you about it. They're good. Good band, good singers, good arrangements. This album put together well. Yeah. Does this make you want to go find out what else they've done? With effort, no. But that's probably because I'm lazy and tired. Ask me when I'm not tired, then maybe it's a yes. This is this is a pretty quick one to get through. We're, we're talking about less than 40 minutes. But man, it sounds every minute of it is good. Yeah, it was one of the few albums where when it ended, I was like, that's it? You know, normally I get tired of listening to one vocal or one thing for too long. Well, I mean, we're still talking about about the 70s where average album length, you know, is still however much they could reasonably fit onto, you know, a single 12-inch LP. Albums didn't start getting regularly approaching an hour or so until well into when CDs were established as the dominant medium. It still works out when we when we yeah. get something a little older that's maybe a little a little shorter for a full trip through. Okay. It keeps my attention. It kept my attention. There's not much more any album can say than that, right? Right. That's a that's a star right there. Exactly. This album gets a gold star for keeping attention. <laughs> so does that mean you're ready to give it a, a rating? But I if I remember correctly, the number that first popped in my head was an eight. Yeah, Nate. Just because it's so well put together, the instruments are wonderful, the vocals are wonderful. It flowed. I like. I like it. I can't complain. So an eight. That's high praise. And you? Oh, this is totally a strong, solid eight. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm with you. 
we really start need to need to get into albums that we disagree on though we do let's face it this kind of this is kind of boring when we're just on the same wavelength all the time i'm sure this thing is going to give one of those weird ones one day and then i'll be over here like peter what's wrong with you well why don't we find out hey google give me a number between one and 2102 1,591. Okay, we are talking about Stevie Ray Vaughan, Couldn't Stand the Weather. I feel like I should know that, but I guess not. You guess not? I don't know. We'll find out. All right. And that's our show for this week. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening through, and feel free to leave a voice message on our page at anchor.fm. There's a link to it in the show description. Thank you to Dre for joining me, and thank you for joining us. Until next time, be good to your music. It's been good to you.